Welcome to the Sober Gay Sunday podcast, a podcast about being gay and sober and not just on Sundays. In this podcast, we'll explore the ins and outs of being queer and sober in a world where drinking and using are woven into the fabric of our culture. This season, we'll be hearing the stories of addiction and recovery from sober gays from all over the world. Every story of recovery is unique in its own way, and every story deserves to be heard. So let's go. In today's episode, we welcome Nicholas. Nicholas lives in Medford, Massachusetts with his husband, Josh, and their black cat, Roxy. He's from Canton, Ohio, and moved to the Boston area back in 2009. He has been a book publicist since 2010. His passions are everything Mariah Carey, X-Men, and old movies. He has been happily sober since March 2020. Please welcome Nicholas. And that is one of the biggest things that I've had to work with my therapist with, is getting myself to forgive me yeah, for something that happened like 10 years ago, you know, and it's, it's, it's one of the hardest things. So when you say it's hard, it's no true words have been spoken. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I think it does. It's, there's such a disconnect. I think for someone who's, who's sober, newly sober too, and still having all those feelings and, Mm -hmm you know, the people that want to be in your life and want to support you will forgive you and will, you know, maybe not quote unquote move on, but they will look past that incident or experience or whatever. Um, And they're not going to hold it in their back pocket and bring it out at Mm -hmm. a dinner party and, you know, and, and, and try to like parade it around as something of like a gotcha kind of thing. So the people that value you and see you who you are, and mm-hmm. want to give you a chance, we'll do that. Um, mm-hmm. I This is a little untraditional, but I wanted to share with you um, something that, that really resonated with me, um, okay. if that's okay. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, so I um, I love this one play, and mm-hmm. it's there's a movie version of it, and um, uh, it's Edward Albee's A Delicate Balance. And okay. there is a fictional character, and her mm-hmm. name is Claire, and she is struggling with saying that she's an alcoholic. And Mm. when I was kind of preparing for this, I kept thinking about the scene and and some of the language and it just kind of, I felt so seen. Um, And I was hoping if I could read like two or three lines, if that's okay. Oh, absolutely, 100%, please do. Okay, so you don't really need to know anything, but but here's here's Claire. Um, Pretend you're very sick. Pretend you feel your insides are all green and stink and mixed up and your eyes hurt and you're half deaf and your brain keeps turning off and you've got peripheral neuritis and you can hardly walk and you hate. You hate with the same green stinking sickness you feel your bowels have turned into yourself and everybody. Hate. Oh, and oh God, you want love. L-O-V-E. So badly. Comfort and snuggling is what you really mean, of course, but you hate and you notice with a sort of detachment that amuses you. You think that you're more like an animal every day. You snarl and grab for things and hide things and forget where you hid them like not very bright dogs. And you wash less, prefer to be washed, and once or twice you've actually soiled your bed and laid in it because you can't get up. Pretend all of that." And that's, that's a really, um, I have not experienced that exact feeling, but I, 
mm-hmm. when I saw, um, I think, you know, literature and plays and film are so powerful, obviously, and Absolutely. we can see ourselves in our experience. Um, but when I saw that, I kind of felt such empathy and not mm-hmm. judgment. And I think that's kind of a result from practicing sobriety. I also now can kind of, if I'm in a group setting and I see someone who's getting tipsy, I don't judge and I don't rush over, but I, I'm less, I'm more forgiving. I'm less gossipy. I'm more like, Hey, do you want a glass of water? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing. Um, Just because I remember that. And I, I remember that. And I want, I, you know, some people did show me kindnesses back in the day and some didn't. And I kind Mm -hmm. of want to, pay it forward if you can. So anyway, yeah, yeah, you definitely for sure. I've I mean, I am so sober out loud. And I go out to all the things I used to do. And there's been moments where I have helped people that I've seen being a little too crazy. And it's it really hits like they under because some people think that we judge. And some people think we walk into a situation where there's alcohol or drugs involved. And we're like, looking for someone to trip up. Yeah. And it's, you're right. I think that we have more empathy because we've been there. We know what that's like. We were that guy. Like it's, and, and when you are helpful in that way and your empathy is, is shown that person really remembers, hopefully. I think so. And I think Mm -hmm. ultimately sobriety is a very humbling experience. Very much so. And, and I think though, but it does have the capacity to have more empathy, not just in these kinds of situations, but in others, which is a good mm-hmm. thing, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm going to move on to some of the questions. Sure. I think you've already, an- I think you've already answered the, who is your biggest supporter, but I will ask you, who is your biggest supporter? Uh, my husband, Josh. What new plans and goals emerged after you got sober? You know, I, there weren't so many new plans. Just I felt healthier physically, mm-hmm. mentally. Um, I tried to, you know, get in better shape a little bit, but also I just kind of enjoyed my life more and felt mm-hmm. less stressed about things and less anxious. Um, I still have anxiety at a you know normal depression and what have you, but um, I think just kind of things have gotten better and I just feel um, a steadiness, mm-hmm. which is really lovely. And, and I see it reflected in my husband's eyes back to me and that's really mm-hmm. reassuring and really beautiful yeah. and nice. So, yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. There's definitely like when I first started going out after, you know, the world had been backed up, backed up, it was nice to like lay in my bed at night and be like, nothing about tonight is bad. Like no, I haven't yeah. done anything bad. If I, I haven't hurt anyone. I haven't hurt myself. I haven't, you know, that relief of stability, I think is really a big thing that kind of takes a little bit of time to like hit. Yeah. Cause you're just, you're so used to being up and down and then to, to just all of a sudden be like, wait a minute, I have no reason to be anxious about anything that's happened this weekend, especially since yours was more social, which I think is you resonates with you for sure. And and I also think too like you wake up and you're not worried about what did I text? What did I message mm-hmm. on social media with someone? Um and then just seeing seeing a conversation from the night before is so embarrassing. And sometimes uh. it can be harmless, 
And a lot of times in my case, it was not harmless mm-hmm. and it was actually yeah. um, fringe and, mm-hmm. um, you know, for some people really offensive and hurtful and disrespectful. And yeah. yeah. And I'm glad that's another nice thing, not having to worry about what did you do the night before, right. you know? Right. I have the owner of, so my boss at, at my work and I have the owner in my phone, obviously. And when I was a drinker, it was in all caps, do not text Mike MGC, do not text Patrick MGC. So that when I hopefully was going through my phone to like, eh, you know, be annoying at the end of a night, I would see the do not text. And I thankfully never did. But to have to do that, it's not cute. It's not cute. Yeah. <laughs> um. So if you could give one piece of advice to a newly sober person, what would that advice be? Be kind to yourself, show yourself some grace um, and try to be patient. Um, surround yourself with, with really supportive people um, and know your value as a person. Mm-hmm. That's great. Love that. All right. So next one, which I don't think was on yours, but is, is similar in a similar vein. What is, this, what is some advice that you would give someone who is dealing with a loved one who is currently in active addiction? Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, you know, I think those kinds of conversations are so hard, especially depending on where the the person, the loved one's at in terms of realization Mm -hmm. or denial. Um, I think honesty is really important. I think transparency is really important. Um, I would, I would just, you know, I would encourage them to try to talk as painful as it can be and to try to mm-hmm. even, you know, have something written down and, and to talk about it in a way where you try not to be judgmental. It's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, um, when, when my spouse was having to have these kinds of conversations with me, in some ways it was even harder because he just looked so um, crestfallen in mm-hmm. terms of, uh, you know, I remember I just, I like broke down in tears and said, I think I'm an alcoholic. And he just held my hand and looked at me and shook his head. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he didn't say anything, but that motion, um, I could feel the hurt I had done to him. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. So I, I don't really know what to say to someone who's dealing <laughs> hard, with it. Sorry. Right? It's hard. No, it's um, hard. I, I would say um, don't give up on them. That's what I would say. Don't give up on them. Um, while that can be easier said than done, um, try not to put ultimatums on them if you can, at least yeah, early sure. on, um, yeah. because they're going to have to come to this process of their own accord. And it's not going to be on your timeline, unfortunately. So yeah, if you if you really want to be in their life and have them in your life and the love is strong enough talk 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 try to work through it mhm cuz that's one of the things because i am so you know out there on social media with all this stuff i get probably about 40 to 50% of you guys coming to me and finding me and seeing you know just hitting that sober gay 
hashtag and it's from people from all over the world. Um, but the other half is people who are struggling with loved ones and that it's, it's like mm-hmm. heartbreaking to like my dad, my mom, my, my, or my, my brother, my boyfriend, my friend from, it's like, Oh, like, damn it. <laughs> it's just, it's oh. such a hard, yeah, it's, it, I'm, I'm very grateful to have these opportunities to talk to people and to be, you know, someone that they can look to, but like, that's one of the hardest things. Cause you know, when you're newly sober and you're like, Hey, I'm in, you know, what do I do? That's, that's the fun part. Cause yeah. made the decision to be better. But if you're looking at someone who hasn't, that's really hard. So that I is hard. Well, I understand I, that. I, yeah. I hope that you're able to, I think it's, it's really generous that people and exciting that people are reaching out to you. Um, but I yes. hope you also um, protect yourself too, in some ways, um, just emotionally Absolutely. so that you don't mm-hmm. feel overwhelmed, even though mm-hmm. it is a, a genuine thing you're doing. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I do my best for sure. Um, so let's see, we got that one. So what would your dream activity be for Sober Gay Sunday? If there was money was no object, we could do anything. Oh, well, I didn't know about the money situation when well, I might change my answer. <laughs> I thought I was just like, oh, I would love if we could all go to the fells and if all the people who had dogs could bring their dogs and we could all like, I don't know, have a picnic or something silly like that. Um, but if, oh God, if money was no issue, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, road trip up to Rock River. I don't know. <laughs> Let's go. Trust and believe that would be awesome. I'm actually going to write down your dog suggestion because that's a good one. I wish I could bring my cat, but I don't think it would be that uh, amenable. Yeah. Well, you know, I've seen people walk their cats on leashes. (laughs) No, um... no. (laughs) (laughs) So this has been absolutely amazing. Um, If people are looking to follow you on social media, where can they find you? Um, I'm on Instagram at NicholasNotNick86. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Excellent. So we'll make sure that goes in the show notes also. So that about wraps up our interview. This was really wonderful talking to you and your story is really compelling and it's, it's wonderful to hear all the different versions of what sobriety can be. So I very much appreciate you coming on here. Thank you so much for this opportunity for me to tell my story um, and to share honestly and openly. Um, And I think it's a wonderful opportunity for you as well to get closer and engage more with the group. Um, And Mm -hmm. I, I hope everyone out there who is recently sober or sober for years or whatever, um, just gets love and support in their own way. Thank you for tuning into the Sober Gay Sunday podcast. Please feel free to like, subscribe, share and comment. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Sober Gay Sunday. You can also email me directly at SoberGaySunday at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, stay sober, guys. I'm so sick of small talk and tell me something you're dropping in me on my head with your biggest mistakes. I don't want your daily drama, fill me in on family traumas, tell me all the medication that you take. Cause life's so short, we're playing so fast to not say anything.